0: Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Kyle Jean is an assistant strength and conditioning coach at Notre Dame. She currently works with baseball, softball, fencing, and diving teams. Her fencing teams have won back to back national championships. She has spent time at the National Strength and Conditioning Association World Headquarters in Colorado Springs. And received an NSCA assistantship to work as a sports performance assistant at the University of Kansas. She's an NSCA certified CSCS and competes on a national level in the 63 kg weight class in USA weightlifting. The future of strength conditioning is in great hands.
1: I was actually about he just turned seventy four. Nice. Just turned seventy four. Um good year. And uh, he uh he used to bull ride. So oh, he's wow, like from West wow. Texas, yeah. like he grew up like in the sand dunes, you know, like out in the yeah the middle of nowhere, Picks, Texas. And
0: so he's like an actual cowboy. <laughs> yeah, actual cowboy. Tell us about yes. that. You were born in Austin, correct?
1: Born born and raised in Austin, Texas. One of the few that can say that I'm very proud of, of that. Um Yeah, we moved up a little northern to I uh, get some horses, so we would trail ride a lot, my dad and I, and uh, went to school up there. Actually, with 3A, I don't know if you know about this, like, Texas football is huge, right? Um, but we were a 3A school. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, in in this grand scheme of things, it's not that important, but in high school, it's like, this is this is awesome. This is a Sure, absolutely. You not know, like, football is the place to be on Friday night. Absolutely. Um, we actually won two back-to-back state championships. Which school? Uh, Liberty Hill High School. Hill. Little rural place yeah. up there. Um and at that point i was actually so i played softball for a little while and i was also in the band so i was like this athletic nerd girl <laughs> so i, feel that. I uh i actually got um nominated to be the drum major and i tried out and made it all this stuff and they're like well you got you gotta pick you can mean athletics or you can be the drum major and do all this great stuff and travel with football right so i was like well i'm not really getting a lot of play time not really that good uh, and then went and traveled with the football team and the Head coach and I actually had a pretty good relationship, which was interesting. Uh, He was also the AD, which happens in Texas. And uh, he was like, Hey, so you want a ring? I said, What? I'm not on the football team. He was like, Doesn't matter. Like, you've been there. Like, we have this stuff. So he gave me a state champ ring for football. it's pretty sweet. That is awesome. Yeah.
0: There's only one of us that has a state championship ring. I take it back in Texas. Do you have one in Obama? Yeah. Did you want? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. State champs? Yeah. yeah. For football?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: it's pretty sweet when I mean, you yeah. go back and you look at it it's like this is yeah. cool high great, school athlete great right? memories yeah no question that's cool yeah So that,
2: that explains a lot about her you know what her dad did for a living in a small yeah.
1: town yeah I, I mean it. everyone yeah. knows everyone you played right. on the same teams all the time and yeah. you're being coached by your best friend's dad too you know sure. what I
2: mean so, yeah pretty amazing
1: yeah um, so clearly it wasn't good enough to play college ball that's not clear to me no, like, no, no well like so I, I went to Texas a and tr- I believe you so I was, I was a cult follower for Texas A&M, I'll say it loud and uh-huh. proud, um, probably from the day I was born because of yeah. my father. Um, I'm actually a first generation college student, uh, but that Texas A&M softball team, man, they're good. I was they're not right. that good. I was yeah. not that good. I was not that big. Yeah. So I um, went through school there. I was actually a, I was a biomedical sciences major. I was preparing to go to vet school there and did not like chemistry, but I loved anatomy. I was like, there's something I can do with this. Yeah. So, how I got into the field. You Moved go. on, and and you taught went myself. On
0: to Mary Harden Baylor, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Took a year out. off actually because I was like, I don't really know how to get into this business because y'all know, like, it's hard to kind of right. get your foot in the door when you know no one. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. met Dr. Colin who We all just met in the hallway, yep. um, and had an interview with him to go to grad school. And he was like, "Well, if if you want to come, like, we want you to apply because you have really good background. You're very interested in this. You kind of taught yourself. So please apply, and we'll see what we can do." So. Went there, finished in about a year and a half, was a GA for the wellness program, so I worked, I worked kind of like double whammy. Cla- had classes at night, I worked for like staff and faculty wellness stuff, which was pretty cool. Like It was more like a corporate kind of thing, um, but I got to know things going on in the Human Performance Lab, which was right across the hall from me, and then um, at the time, they didn't have a single strength coach. Uh, they had GAs for football, but for the rest of the sports, and so there was a need, and I was like, calling help me out here like how do i get into this field this is what i yeah. want to do yeah and he said well talk to the coach see if he wants one
0: and so- you've been training all the way through yourself yeah, yeah. so
1: i kind of i kind of started out in like more of a bodybuilding phase just that's how i trained my uh, train myself and kind of i had seen really good changes and i was like this is fun let me teach someone else that this is I fun performance right, right, right. is better uh, so that's what i got started with and um i think you saw that too so i went to talk to the coach met up with him Created the strength and conditioning department. I don't think it's still there because I was. I don't know if anyone kind of followed in my footsteps. Really, I haven't really yeah. kept up. But um.
0: At at UMHB. Yeah, and so I. I think they do. Are they the Crusaders? Yeah. I think they do so, have one because their football. I don't know when you. They won the Natty. Leave? Yeah.
1: I won the year before they won that. Okay. Yeah.
0: So they were kind of up and they had some serious guys down there. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. yeah, and they have a couple that've gone to play mm-hmm. in the league one, too.
0: Who's our guy? Was it um. We had a UMHP guy on the Bears. Remember
3: that? No. Was Jarrell
0: Freeman sounds <laughs> UMHP? That sounds
1: familiar.
3: Jarrell Freeman? Came from the Colts. He played for the Colts first. We we'll yeah, do a little
1: research. Familiar. Yeah. Did that. It was awesome. Worked with softball. I was like, I'm just going to work with softball right now. How's their softball that's, team? They, I mean, they're they're pretty good. Um, yeah. They're just they're a really good group of kids. They just never really kind of got broke the barrier, you know, mm-hmm. where they needed to. They have a really good coach. He's been coaching them for a while. So... um, uh his name's Larry Hennig. Um Larry what? Hennig. Hennig. Okay. Yeah, he was a man.
0: Um uh, you say so, broke the barrier. I'm I'm to what do just, you uh can you see from behind the scenes what that looks like? You've seen like obviously you've seen championship caliber teams. Yeah. The fencing team that we talked about, yeah. two time defending national champions yeah. in the ring. Um what does that look like? Can you tell in an off season if someone's gonna break through the barrier or not?
1: You know, honestly with Clearly, fencing is a lot different than softball. Mm-hmm. but um we we didn't know. we we were kind of in question whether they were gonna get the second year for fencing actually. Um, they had won ACCs and the NCAAs in seventeen and we had some good kids coming up. you like you never really know. Mm-hmm. And with me, like I had to do a lot of research. I've never worked with fencing before. What do you do yeah. with a fencing kid? Like yeah. they lunge for a sport. you know that's like
0: one of our questions is we don't work with a ton of fencers. Yeah. I think we got to do we do have to make sure I jumped the gun and we got to make sure that we we find the path to how you got right. to that place yeah. but um, while we're here it's such a it's such a one dimensional mm-hmm. sport it's, it's like almost a like a crew being on one side or a bowler yeah, right crew. Yeah. um like how do you how do you address that from a strength perspective
1: So really what I looked at first is injuries I mean that's normal strength coach mm-hmm. needs analysis but um and then I talked to him I was like what do you feel like you needed before and they're like we just need to be we need to be fit so that we can practice um what i actually did too is i i was like i don't know what this feels like so you know suit me up and i want to practice mm-hmm. with you guys totally. and they're like seriously uh, like no one's ever wanted to do that before no one's ever even come to practice before mm-hmm. I was like what so i think that that caused a little bit of the buy-in because they're like it's huge fencing like no one they feel like no one really cares mm-hmm. so by the time i was like teach me yeah they're like whoa like you you actually want to know what we're doing here mm-hmm. So um, it's hard. Like I'm not saying I'm the most fit person uh, when it comes to actual like endurance fitness, no. But fencing endurance is 100% different than like running endurance yeah. because it's almost an isometric and then you have to be mm-hmm. the most powerful yeah. forward and extend everything you have. They're literally extending to the like, end ranges of motion. Right. Um, and, oh quickly God.
0: inches matter yes. at that level, obviously. yeah, yeah.
1: if yeah. I mean if you if you're watching the Olympics they're always talking about this is the fastest sport this is the fastest sport and it is yeah. they have to have literally like mechanical things that like the judge can't even t- like tell
0: right right right, because um,
1: right. it's so fast you can't tell who hit fr- who first or like which right away they have I, I can't even see that um so I, I guess I just I needed to know how to get them through a practice so that they could do their skills well, so that when they get to a performance, which is obviously, it's like five, less than five minutes usually, um, and their practices are two hours long. So they have to do their skills well and not be fatigued, obviously. Right. And, um, so that's kind of what I, I looked at. They have a lot of um, like stress fractures. Uh, I had a, an Egyptian that's up for the Olympic squad, actually this in this squad that had an ACL two years previously. So I've kind of been working with him. Is
0: that on on the lunge or brace leg that they...
1: You know what? I don't... He's a righty. I think it was his left. Hmm. Because they advance forward with the lunge, but they also retreat.
0: Yeah, I guess that's right. They eat pretty fast. Yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) Um, So they can either be really good eccentrically or not, and I just don't think you... He was just the best there. Yeah, um, fair. So.
0: Um, okay, well, so I got two, two questions or yeah. uh, one one update and one question. The update is Jarell Freeman did go to UMHB. Yes, and he, did, and he was the. Uh, the That's
1: Charter one of their player. first like claim to fame. Was, was, was that he went to. him, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He was. Big, I remember that because it's a Division three non scholarship school, mm-hmm. which we we've talked about this a number of times, like. Was the actual versus artificial differences between scholarship and non-scholarship schools, and there's yeah. just a ring to the Division One thing. But that's a that's a legit football player. Yeah. Uh, and he found himself there, and they take football very seriously at UMHP. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they won a national champ. Did they yeah. win it with him or?
1: No, it was after. So yeah, it okay. was after. And I'm sure he's built sending to him to lead
0: probably boosted recruiting mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, they anyway. did. Um, okay, so <laughs> okay. there's the update, okay. uh, and then the <laughs> nice. question is. Can you take us back and fill in the road from Austin, Texas to South Bend, Indiana?
1: Okay, um, so went to A&M, and then from there, took that year off, went to UMHB, and no one was hiring me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Applied and applied and applied. I was like, I have no idea what to do. Where else do I get an internship? Um, kind of tried for Texas a little bit. They just didn't want me at the time. That's fine. you know. They need,
2: they sure. need
1: people with experience, and sure. I didn't have enough. I can look back now and say that, from, like, graduating from school, I was, I was not ready to be hired as a full-time. Sure. I wasn't there yet, and I know that now.
0: Did you recognize that at the time?
1: Did not. I was like, why does no one want me? Can that be... I feel like I'm good.
0: Totally. And no. you were good, probably. But that, that should be... I hope people listening to this, the, we talk about who listens. Yeah. Anyone up and coming, I hope people are listening to that. One of the common, one of the most common things that we found through these podcast interviews is that everyone, pretty much almost universally, who's at like the top of their field, starts volunteering or in some way that is like relatively humble rel- compared to where they are now, if that makes sense. Like Frank Beamer was a volunteer, Mike mm-hmm. Ditko was a volunteer, yeah. uh, but it, but it's a, it's a good thing to be reminded of because at 23, like you're confident, you got yep. energy, you're ready to go, yep. you think you know all this stuff.
1: Just coming Uh, out of school, you're like, I know everything. Yeah. I know everything. Some
0: have
3: the books. Yeah.
1: yeah. Why aren't you hiring me? I don't understand. Look at my resume. This is great. I have my degree. Some people you're hiring don't have their degree. So, oh yeah, 100%. If if someone had hired me and I look back on that now, I would be like, you had no right to hire me (laughs) as that person. Seriously, you had no right. You endangered those kids. um, (laughs) Well, like... I. I did okay in that sense, but like oh, sure. as a collegiate strength coach mm-hmm. now, knowing what I know now and how mm-hmm. to run a department, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> disclaimer: safety was always safety. <laughs> safety was safety was <laughs> yeah, good. Fair. Um, so I actually did something I told myself I would never do, specifically be a personal trainer at Gold's Gym.
0: Literally at Gold's Gym.
1: Literally at Gold's Gym. I said mm-hmm. I would not do it, and that was last resort for me, mm-hmm. um, just to make money get internships in some way close to the field. Um, so I was doing that, I was working another job and kind of helping someone else on the side. So I was working about three jobs at the time. I applied for the NSCA internship
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, about five semesters in a row. Didn't get anything going on. So I'm working mm-hmm. two and a half jobs and I can't even get an internship. Right. Finally the fifth one happened and I think what happened is, so I had Dr. Colin Wilborn on my reference list mm-hmm. and and Aubrey Watts has told me this. She was the performance director at the time. Sure. And she was like, We called him up, and he was like, Well, why haven't you brought her out there before, basically? Yeah. So I got in. He, he helped me out. So have really good mentors along the way. Did that semester, and then found out about the NSCA assistantship. I think they call it something different now. It's not my name tag, but um, got that, and was talking to Scott Caulfield. And I was like, Well, I kind of, I'm like looking at Texas, because when I want to go back to Austin. Sure. Uh, even though Springs is awesome, I would say visit there anytime you can. Um, or working with Coach Hootie at Kansas. And I said, Scott, these are my two choices. What do I do? Immediately, Hootie, you're going to Kansas, Kyle. You cannot go back to Austin. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you miss it. You're going to Kansas. I said, okay. So I moved up in, I think it was June of 2016. Uh, so the assistantship is like a year long you get paid through the nsa to work with another RSCC coach mm-hmm. honestly of all the decisions i had made in this entire um path that i've had working with coach judy is probably the best one hmm. she challenged me i failed in front of her and in front of athletes a lot of times and that was that was hard for me it's hard for me to get out in front of people and like be like this is one this is who i am and two I'm failing in front of you and showing right. you that I'm vulnerable. Right. It, that's a hard position to get in. Mm-hmm. And she put me there intentionally
2: Totally.
1: and um, we have mid-year evals and she was like, she kind of, she called me out, she said, why are you here? What do you want to do? Why, why am I keeping you here? And that kind of like, that's another failure, because when, when Hootie asked you, what are you doing? Do you want to be a coach? And you re- re-evalu- reevaluate yourself and you say, yeah. Some things need to change. So. Um, her and her assistant, uh, Luke Bradford, who also was a huge mentor of mine there, um, working with baseball, actually, uh, got me to apply for the Notre Dame job. So she was like, do you want a full-time position? This was, this was another couple months down the road after she was like, what the hell? <laughs> um, she's like, do you want this job? I said, yeah. She said, apply for it because I think you're ready. And at yeah. that point, talk about humbling. Yeah. When a couple months ago, she's like, "You've failed, and you are failing. Mm. Fix something or find something else." Basically.
0: What did what did that look like? Ex- like, as open as you're willing to be. Yeah. Like how we were talking about this the other day. How do you, how did she let you fail safely, if that makes sense? Like fail in a way that wouldn't endanger athletes or right. anything like that. Like um, what did that look like.
1: She. She likes to throw interns into like warm-up or agility progressions with her basketball team. Mm-hmm. So at the time she was working with women's basketball, just between hires and um, she'd be like, hey Kyle, get into this drill. No warm-up, like they've been through a lift, they've been through a warm-up, and she's like, go, you're getting into this. Um, so I actually, it it was uh, it was a short drill, it was like five a five-yard drill with a change of direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm really bad laterally in change of direction, so let's just be mm-hmm. clear about that. I hurt my quad pretty bad, I didn't tear it, um, but I hurt it really bad and kept going. And she was like, okay, you failed, but if I see you limping around this weight room, like, you don't show them that you're hurt. You beat them and you don't show them you're hurt. Mm-hmm. So one of, the, one of the things that she'll tell is her basketball guys challenged her to bench press, I don't know what it was, it was some insane number. Um, and she was like, bet I won't, and they said, They kind of challenged her and she, she tore peck, but finished and like blew them out of the water, blew them out. She's like, you don't let them know you're hurt. You don't let them beat you. They're going to challenge you. You want them to do that. So that's what she did. She challenged me. Um, So that, I mean, that's, that's a tiny little thing, but I was like, your athletes are going to buy into doing what you're also willing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So... One of her mantras, which has continued to be mine, is that failure is the key to success. So I also learned that I do the best when I'm put in a situation where I'm maybe not as ready, but I can learn from any mistakes that I made. So failing recently and since then has been good for me. Yeah. I, I, I like being put in a situation. It's nerve-wracking. I mean, no one, no one really like is looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. It's nerve-wracking, but you're like... This can only help me.
3: Yeah.
1: If I do bad, okay, my bad.
3: Right.
1: If you tell if you if you're calling a play wrong or something, or you're like you're telling the athletes to do something, and they're like, wait, coach, that's that's not right. That's not the right foot. You're like, you know what? You're right. That's my bad. Yep. Let's go. Yeah. And that, after that, they're like, okay. Instead of being high and mighty, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that's totally. kind of brought me back down to earth again, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's really good. Feel forward, and then and there is something about. Um, with the right mindset, there's something I feel, and I hope that we are empowering people to feel like fa- the word "fail" itself just changes. It's like, mm-hmm. did you fail? No, you like messed up your quad. You didn't fail technically yeah. in the way that people, you know, people see failure as like an end um, mm-hmm. when it really it's just like an opportunity to grow. It's so far- like this is why strength and conditioning could be the best metaphor for for so many things. I overuse it, but it but it's just so true, like. The damage that you do to yourself with proper recovery equals growth to a point. Mm-hmm. Stress and recovery equals growth, but if you if you if you misframe stress, you know what I mean, and you like shy away from it, and you shy away from time under tension or or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. then there is no growth. Exactly. So I think failure to people who get to a pretty cool spot, yeah, it's just not failure in the same way that freaking, I'll say maybe the 13 year old me or you know or yeah. the young person might see it.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: So you failed your way into Notre Dame. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sort
1: of. I mean, I failed and then I learned, right? Yep. And continue to do so. Yeah. Uh, So I've been there about a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. I really love it. I really do. Um, My initial contact was with Duncan French, who's now working with the UFC. Um, And so currently I'm with baseball, softball, uh, fencing and diving. So we talked about fencing a little bit. Um, And... Baseball right now is just interim working because we have a couple of um, assistants that are going out coming in. So, um, but that was kind of, that was a little bit of my goal to like start working with baseball mm-hmm. and see what's what's going on there. Um, because it's always been in my wheelhouse, something I'm very interested in. Like one of one of the people that I, I don't know if look up to is the right word, but I want to kind of follow in similar footsteps. Her name is Rachel Balcovec. So, um,
3: Uh, Yeah, she's Blue Jays, right? uh, Right now she's with the Astros. Gotcha. Dominican.
1: Yeah. Um, But she was the first female MLB strength coach. Yeah. And the story that I just, it it draws me every time that she, they called her up because of what was on her resume, rather than that she was a female. So what she did is, her name's Rachel. She put Ray on her Uh, application. um, She wasn't trying to cheat. She goes by Ray. Okay. So they called her up because of what she's done and who she's worked with instead of being like, oh, this is a chick, no. Wow. And she was the best one for the job, and they hired her. And she's hmm. still been the best one for the job, she's still there, Yeah. yeah. and doing amazing things, talking all over the place. So, um, Hootie, Rachel, um, so I, similarly, so my name's Kyle, but that's my middle name. Hmm. I've always gone by Kyle, so again, I'm, I'm not trying to cheat anyone, yeah. but I don't want you to think that Maybe because my name is Kyle that I'm a male. Or my name is Kyle that I'm a girl.
2: Just, you're gonna
1: you look know. at my resume and hire me because of what yeah. I've done. Not because I'm the best female for you're the job. Your coach gene. Because I'm the best coach for the job. hmm And that's what that's what gets me. I
2: love it. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you this. What's up? What's <laughs> up? When you're at Mary Harden Baylor and you started yeah. working with you said it was softball? Softball. I'm curious and, and maybe some other coaches will be too, where did you get your programming skills from? Mm -hmm. And then when you had your programs there and then you went, say, to uh, the NSCA headquarters and then went to Kansas, were you still confident in what you were doing or how you started your programming at Mary Hardin Baylor? Or did it it change, did the philosophy stay the same? Talk um, us through that, because I think there's, we've had many discussions about string coaches that they're afraid to, throw it all out there and just go with what they know yeah they think it has to be perfect or yeah on paper or
1: whatever well 100 percent, it wasn't perfect sure um so what i was really just trying to work on was leg strength form and at the time i don't i don't think i really knew that that's what i was trying to do Mm. but full body stuff um they actually had no injuries and more home runs that year so i was like something i'm doing is right but again we'll go back to i had started as a Mm bodybuilder i kind of made a program similar to that um i had I had some good advisors for it as well. Like Dr. Brian Brabham has uh, his class was on like youth strength conditioning, so I was like, help me out. How do I, how do I help them? Like how do I not hurt them? Right. right? Um, and then t- Dr. Colin Wilburn had actually been working with the women's basketball team, so he helped me out a little bit too. Um, but philosophies and the way that I write a program has done 180s probably five times right. since then to now. Um, I would probably never write a program the way that I did when I started ever mm-hmm. again.
2: But all of them were effective to some sort of yes, change adaptation.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They were. They all worked. Um, when I got to the NSCA, I was still pretty green on writing because um, it's different than writing a personal training program. Sure. And uh, my first athlete that they gave me. So a couple. We get there a couple weeks and first athlete was a former Marine who was currently in the Colorado Springs Police Department who was trying to get on to the SWAT team. And they were like, this is your goal. He wants to try out for the SWAT team, you got to get him there. I said, what? (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me? Um, So, worked with him. And if you can imagine 5'3", little me, walking up to this weathered Marine and saying, hey, I'm your coach. And same thing, what? Mm. You're my coach. You can kind of see him looking at you like, all right, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Maybe next week I'll change. Um, the dude was blasted, blasted, because I was like, we got, we have three months, we gotta go. So, worked with him, we made a really good relationship together, and he was like, he, uh, I had actually gone to Kansas before the actual test ha- happened, and probably one of the coolest things, and I always talk about this too, he texted me, he said, his name's Chris Labs, he texted me, and he said, I got it, yeah. thank you.
2: It's
1: special. <laughs> I was like, I didn't even work with him the whole time, because yeah. I had left, and... It was like he knew that what I was doing was helping him out for him, and that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Because I knew the SWAT team guys, too, and they're like, we love him, he just got, he has to pass. Mm. Yeah. So, Chris Labs, yeah. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, Going actually. from you to being, like, you're awesome, thanks. 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 Yeah. 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 And that's yeah. What, that's why we do it, right? Mm. That's why we do it. Yeah. Like, for sure. We don't want yeah. anyone to, like, tweet it out. You know, like... Oh, the girl Kyle, this this chick like did all this stuff for me. No, I just want you to tell me that you know that I care about you as yeah. an athlete. Yeah.
0: You helped them get yeah, where they wanted to go. Yeah, reach their story. potential. Exactly. I think it's a really good question, actually, um, that you bring up and I think your response is probably why you've done so well and will continue doing so well. Because you saw results in the first teams, like you could have just Thankfully. you just could have rode that wave, like I'm getting results. This is it. Mm-hmm. It's like we talked about last night. We, had, we were in here doing the same kind of thing. The, the difference, I think, um, is the, the, in one of the real core tenets of the Good Athlete Project is how intentional are you being. Good intentions, or excuse me, well-intended, effective means, mm-hmm. uh, constant reconsideration and feedback loop, the, the, all the things that kind of feed into what they call deliberate practice. That's what changes things. So you've seen results in your people at every step of the way. Still you pivot. Still, you're looking for like the little, the little, um, this the spaces to improve and get a little bit better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's how you become elite, I would imagine, right? And when you're working in a place like Notre Dame, that's the expectation. Mm-hmm. Like we're not try- we're not here to be middle of the pack. Yeah, um, we're here to take that last little step, and the last little step is is it probably in the details. You agree yeah. with that?
1: I do. Yeah, I also agree that it's. You gotta still keep it simple. Like you gotta be mm-hmm. in the basics. Like you, I don't need anything fancy. I don't need fancy equipment. We have it. Right. I can use it. Right. But if I can coach you well, that's what I'm gonna hang my hat on.
0: I lo- Right. Okay. <laughs> you can go- anyone who listening to this, this is the one of my favorite parts of strength using. You can anyone can Google a program right now. Yeah. You can have a program. They're, I can- they're free. You can have one. Uh but but I'll that doesn't matter. You. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but getting someone to interact positively with the program, mm-hmm. getting them to reach levels of themselves, to dip into places they've never been before, mm-hmm. like that's coaching. That's the really special part. And I think that's uh, probably where you excel as well. I gotta. Um, we, have, we have a theory, especially with uh, beginner athletes. Mm-hmm. It's pretty basic, and you said your history is in uh, biomedical sciences and yeah. anatomy was a focus. Yes. A body is a body, and I don't think there's much wavering from that. Right, Like like if you're in an anatomy class, it's not like this person was a softball player and this mm-hmm. person is a basketball player. At some point, like there are only certain set of movement patterns or certain safety that you, you know, precautionary measures that you have to take. Uh, with that in mind, when and what do you do to differentiate between, say, like a fencer and a baseball player?
1: It, it really just comes down to, and I, I hate saying sports specific, mm-hmm. but you have to look at where, where they're overusing themselves, mm-hmm. but again, that's still where they need to be strong. Yeah. So, a the fencer, they need strong legs. They need to be powerful in a linear fashion, mm-hmm. mostly. Um, they're turned to the side, but it's it's linear. It's right. Baseball player is rotational with everything that they do: throwing, pitching, not catching. Sometimes, sometimes catching. Sometimes, sure. Hitting, um, so. Rotational on both sides, and both of those again, you're gonna have uh, unilateral indif- differences. Mm-hmm. So you gotta train both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one because of the strength on one side, two to resist injuries from the other side. Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess in that sense, you just things are gonna be similar. They mm-hmm. need lower body strength. They need upper body strength. They're overhead athletes. They need to be stable in overhead. Overhead position. Yeah. Um, fencers need to be stable in front, so we still have to push, you know, um, so I guess it's, it's still simple, but there are slight changes that you can do. There's different mobility things that you can do. There's, there's things, places where they need to be stiffer in their body than Mm. each other for comparing the two of those. Yeah. Um, so I guess you're right. Like sometimes you wouldn't be able to tell one of my fencers from a baseball player. Totally. There's one that actually looks like he could play... Numerous sports. One of my fencers.
2: Totally.
1: Um, so yeah, they—they're just athletes. You just need to train mm-hmm. them to be good at what they're doing. Get through practice so that they are okay there, mm-hmm. so that they can play the game with all the skills that they need from their sport coaches. Like I'm—I'm sports sab- support staff right. for the coaches themselves and the athletes. Mm-hmm. Like I know my importance and yeah. when it's needed. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not trying to make them weightlifters. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, I think it's not th- th- my job yeah,
0: for point. sure. I, yeah, exactly right. I, and and I hope I hope a lot of people to your earlier point. I hope I hope people are hearing that because I think we get so tied up, or at least a lot of when when we uh, receive concerns, questions, comments, what have you, it's like uh, it's it's all at the top end of the strength and conditioning hierarchy it's like uh, th- are, these are the 15 things I want to do for baseball and it's like balls and chains and, and, and it's the stuff mm-hmm. that you look up on YouTube and it's very fancy and balls and chains isn't, is isn't that this, what what's that
1: balls and chains is that what you-
0: Is that excuse me <laughs> <laughs> is that, it's a de- no that's, Which <laughs> I have no comment on this People are working at the pinnacle instead of recognizing the fact that this person needs to uh, needs to squat. They need some yeah. lower body strength. They need to fix their posture. They mm-hmm. need to build some core stability and uh, shoulder stability, or, or mobility, perhaps in certain yeah. cases. But it's like the basics. The the body a body is a body, and that's um, hopefully a reassuring pe- uh, thing for people to hear. Because I, I know that there's a fear. We talked about this yesterday in the presentation. There's a, a lot of people have this fear. Uh, it's, it's one of the most deeply seated truths of all people across disciplines. It's like we are all in some way worried that we are going to uh, be considered a fraud. Like we mm-hmm. don't know as much as like the other people in our field do. It happens with like literal genius writers, right? It happens with academics all over the place. Um, they, they, they're they worried it's just a constant nagging thing it's probably one of the things that pushes them in the best cases to get where they're going mm-hmm. but in some ways it's like debilitating and, 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 you know on the flip side of that maybe it takes the genius from, from level A to level A plus but maybe it's uh, a, a new strength coach or a new coach in any, in any level who's who's terrified of not being exactly right maybe it keeps him or her from from entering the field and impacting young people in positive ways so yeah. I think it's really good to hear you say that, oh, thanks. I
3: mean, it's refreshing. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> lightning round, lightning. <laughs> I don't even need to add the sound effect now. Was that oh. the light? That was good. That oh, was it? it. Oh, sorry. It usually it happens in post. Don't worry about it. It's alright. It don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're an Aggie, right?
1: Hey, I'm an Aggie.
3: Let's see the ring.
1: Yeah. Got it. I oh know. boy. Put it on it. class of twelve. I knew it. The best, the best yeah, class you can have. I've
3: seen those before, That's actually. Yeah, it's like
0: they're it's, everywhere. Yeah.
1: It's an infestation.
3: Aggie rings. <laughs> I think that's one of the, I don't know what other schools do that. But uh, I do know Texas A&M, like Texas A&M. every Texas A&M grad mm-hmm. wears a ring with pride. So, yep. you knew it. All right. Uh, <laughs> what is your fondest high school sports memory?
1: Um, geez, high school sports. Honestly, dining conditioning. I loved it. I loved conditioning days. Really? Seriously, I hate it now. I'm right with this.
0: Mm.
1: Well, hate hate is a strong word. Let's let's back up. But probably conditioning for softball because we had all kinds of sports that would do it all together. So that was interesting. And there couldn't be sports specific. So looking back, probably conditioning go. We would literally have like acres and just go.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So.
2: I like it. What was the best memory, by the way? That's,
1: That's your fa- your memory. fondest
3: memory.
2: Um, what was
3: the first concert you ever went to? Mm. Mm.
1: Oh. Lightning's supposed to be quick.
3: No, it's okay. It's okay. It's
0: okay.
1: Just... Oh, man. I th- it was probably, like, Kyle Park or something. Who's a He's a Red Dirt country singer. It was either Kyle Park or, like, Eli Young band when they were still really small and would play in, like, tiny places. Love it. Um, yeah.
0: What's Kyle so, Park about?
1: Uh, Kyle Park, he... So he he's like a Texas country, they call it Texas Country. So more like the line of George Street. Like I like it. You good
0: okay with that, Alex? The good yeah, country? I'm about it. I like it. Are we allowed to play this in the background? We are now.
3: All... This is Kyle?
0: This is Coach it's Coach K. Battle. Coach K playing. This, this is right. actually <laughs> it is. no copyright <laughs> infringement here. This is Coach K <laughs> playing yeah. on the
2: yeah, out. Give yeah. me a second. You got the drums? Okay. Yeah,
0: I got now I'm dead. I just picked up some drums. <laughs> Appreciate it.
1: I'll sing because Kyle and Kyle, and Kyle so yeah. yeah. That's oh, right. No. Kyle, <laughs> Kyle's. <laughs> yeah. This
0: is working out well. This is really good. Yeah.
3: What's what on, Alex? Oh, that's oh that's this nice. is just background music? We'll serenade that's you into so, the rest of the lighting round. That's right. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, if you had 30 minutes and access to any equipment you needed, uh, what workout would you do? What workout? Mm-hmm.
1: 30 minutes. You just got 30 minutes. Access to any equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things to do is and EMOM, it's a 30-minute EMOM, of two hang cleans and squatting. So hang clean stays about 60, 70% of your max rate, and then you increase the squat by 10 pounds every set. Mm. So I'll start at like one, or I'll start at about 95 pounds of the squat, go back and forth, and I end up, I think I end up around 205. So you go up, and you come back down, and you just go on the minute. It's, yeah. it's great. And that like, uh, what do they call it, PAP? The PAP effect is amazing. You're like, I'm tired, but I'm still squatting. Wow. Oh, P- Tell us what
0: PAP is.
1: Uh, Post-activation potentiation, Mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm getting tired, that little jumpy in, and then you're like, popping the strength. It works, man. It's surprising how, how it works. Yeah, 30 minutes. That's an easy one to go. I'm going to try it. Yeah. It's a good one. Who
3: would play you in a movie about your life?
1: Denzel Washington.
3: I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That's like the third time someone He gets, gets brought up so often. What a Wow. Yeah. He's yeah. a very versatile I've, actor. That's why.
1: I've thought about this question before. I was always yeah. hoping someone oh. was asking this. Wow. Yeah. If, I mean, okay, so if we had to be a female, probably like Natalie Portman because I have a huge girl crush on her, so probably her. But then just Denzel. Awesome. Denzel
3: 1 then Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman. too. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure they're in contention for the same roles all the he
1: time. Can, well, I'm sure. Like, he can just do anything he wants to, right? Yeah, yeah, it's
3: true. Um, advice from a leader yourself to a future leader uh, about to embark on a similar journey.
1: I would say, like, the the hard work's going to pay off. And you, gotta, you just have to put yourself out there and meet people even if it's hard to do because that's where you're going to get your knowledge from not the books that you're reading I like I it
2: say. wow I like it oh, that's a great point yeah. see this is why like when we first started chatting yeah it was when I say badass strength coaches you could just yeah it makes me feel good that the next generation coming up is badass
0: it's ba- there you go you know what I
2: mean you're carrying the torch for the entire carrying next generation oh yeah, no pressure no oh I'm no seriously exciting. I'm I has answered that all these questions is uh, is right on point. I think so Appreciate
0: too. It. I think so too. I like it. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah, thanks, you are definitely um, one to watch. I would say you've done amazing things, uh, and like you guys said, amazing things still to come.
1: So you're yeah, welcome back you. anytime. Appreciate it.
0: This episode brought to you by Hand Armor Chalk, the official chalk of USA Weightlifting. They are also the official sponsor of the Illinois High School Powerlifting Association, a partner organization overseen by the Good Athlete Project. We would not support a product we didn't believe in. Check them out at Hand Armor Chalk on Twitter and Instagram.